We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How do you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nothing but nonstop hustle all the time. Work, family, friends, a million pressing social issues, and an expectation to be on 24-7. Sometimes you just need a moment to turn off and hit the reset button. That's when you reach for an ice-cold Coors Light, the beer that's made to chill. Listen, there's a lot going on in Green Bay right now, and I feel like we could all use a moment to chill with a Coors Light. See, Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's literally made to chill. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. Perfect for a moment to unwind. Coors Light is what I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in their all-new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado, and as always, celebrate. Twenty minutes a day, three hundred sixty-five days a year. This is the Pack a Day podcast. Hello once again, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Packaday Podcast, your one-stop shop for all things green and gold. My name is Mike Welland. Alongside me, Tyler Grezegork and Chris Schimmel. The trio is back together for the first time in a while, and it's victory weekend still for the Packers. They got the big win Thursday night over the Bears. So, Tyler, how are you feeling now that the Packers got the first win of the NFL I'm season? I'm stoked, man. Like, I was watching that the Packers-Bears game on Thursday and all I could think about was how excited I was for the rest of the season. Also, I wanted to get I wanted to get out of that first game because as we saw the offense was just awful and ultimately it was kind of like a fifth preseason game. The football in general was pretty bad on Thursday, but I'm stoked that the defense played as well as they did because I don't think that their success was the product of the Bears' failure. I do think that they actually played very, very well, and I'm very excited to see what they can do um, against a little bit better offense, probably, in, in the Minnesota Vikings, and probably a better quarterback, a smarter quarterback at least. So I want to see if they can take that um, take that intensity and that success uh, into Green Bay when they play Minnesota. No doubt about it. And, and Chris, it's been a while since we talked to you. How are you feeling after seeing the Packers get to 1-0? Yeah, it's good to be back. It's been a while. But, yeah, you know, 
Playing the Bears' first game of the season is always a treat. You go back to 2009, you go back to last year when they play in first game of the year. And I work with a lot of Bear fans, and they were talking so much trash all week, wearing their Bear jerseys and stuff like that. And then the next day at work, it was crickets. <laughs> so it was, it was a lot of fun. And, uh, you know, it reminded me a lot of uh, a little bit of the game back in 2009 when Rodgers was getting sacked like crazy. And how the Bears' defense was so great. But this defense really came up and made the stops it needed to. It reminded me a lot of back in 2010, that Super Bowl team, when the defense needed to make a stop at the end and they were able to do it. So uh, it was really exciting, and I'm really looking forward to see what this defense can do next week. Yeah, it was just missing a Kenny Clark pick six to to match B.J. Raji, I guess, in that one. Yeah. But also, congratulations go out to Matt LaFleur in his first win. Uh, that locker room scene was pretty cool to see, uh, the team mobbing him after Rodgers gave him the game ball. And also, the first Packers to win his debut against the Bears since Vince Lombardi. So it was some pretty high company for Matt LaFleur and, and the performance of, of his staff and his, his team on Thursday night. And it's looking, things are looking a lot um, better for Green Bay than maybe we thought going after week one, especially on the defensive side, like you guys said. So that with that being said, we, we're going to be taking a look at the rest of the Week 1 games, with the Packers obviously having played Thursday. There's obviously 15 other games going on. We're going to take a look at some of the, the key ones coming up and how it's going to affect Green Bay and their upcoming opponents, especially, namely Minnesota, Denver, Philadelphia, Detroit, things like that. Also some news that's going around the NFL and the continuing saga that is Antonio Brown and whether the Raiders will actually release him. But before that, don't forget as well to subscribe to us wherever podcasts are found, whether it's iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, SoundCloud. We are there. Give us a, give us a rating. Uh, give give us a review. Let us know how we're doing. And always continue to support us on social media on on Twitter at Packaday Podcast. So Tyler, I'm going to go to you first. What's going to be? What's the biggest story? What's the biggest thing you're going to be watching on Sunday uh, that's going to help the Packers in the future? I, I, I want to see how Minnesota comes out. Uh, there, I think the biggest competition outside of Chicago in the division. Uh, I also want to see how Atlanta plays. So that, that Falcons-Vikings game, I think, is actually a pretty big uh, pretty big game for the Packers in general, just because those are two teams that they're going to be competing with, most likely, for playoff spots, for uh, a playoff run. Uh, you know, I, I, there's a number of big games this week, if we want to kind of go down the line, with Falcons, Vikings, Rams, Panthers, um, see here, Lions, Cardinals, kind of, just in the sense that it's the Lions, but it, there's a number of big games this week um, that could actually have some importance to Green Bay. Again, though, it's also week one, so I think that everybody just, is just kind of trying to get a feel for everything right now. Yeah, and, and Chris, going to that Vikings-Falcons game, uh, Julio Jones expected to play. He's not going to be sitting out with this, with his contract issue. Uh, what, what are you looking for in that game to, that's gonna, that the Packers are going to be scouting, I guess, for next week with, with the Kirk Cousins-led crew? Well, I think it's going to be whether or not this is going to be the Vikings team from last year or the Vikings team from two years ago, the team that almost made it to the Super Bowl. And last year, everyone thought they were destined to take that next step and make it to the Super Bowl. Instead, they don't even make the playoffs. So I think they're really looking to find that magic of what they got two years ago. So I think, uh, of course, this is going to be a really big game to see if this defense can step up against this uh, against the good uh, Falcons offense. 
No, I agree. I think that's gonna be the big thing. Is again, I want I, mean, I want to see how how Delvin Cook is as well. No, if he's healthy, as we'll ignore that. <laughs> okay, so yeah, I want to see how Del how the Vikings are gonna do with Delvin Cook healthy, uh, with with that offense hopefully firing on all cylinders. Just I for Green Bay to run, I want them to beat the teams at their best. Partly because it kind of helps them at their best as well. And I think Minnesota playing a tough opponent right now is going to help them having to go to Lambeau. And hopefully Green Bay can watch the tape and they'll actually get the taste out of last year out of their mouth from the the Vikings games. But I think when I look at that game, I want to see how Minnesota does. I want to see how Atlanta does. I want to see how Matt Ryan can bounce back after a down year from his MVP season. And these are two teams that will be competitive. They'll be playoff contenders and between them and also between Green Bay, their teams are looking to get that arrow pointing back up, and it's going to be very interesting to see also how the Vikings' offensive line is because we saw what the Packers' pass rush did to Chicago's. The Bears' offensive line is better than Minnesota's. So can Minnesota protect her cousins, who's not as mobile as Mitch Trubisky was? That's true, but Minnesota did draft a a center, uh, uh, Garrett uh, Bradbury, in the first round, so hopefully that will help that major weakness and turn that weakness into a strength. But uh, I'm really, really interested in seeing how Atlanta will offense will attack Minnesota's defense. Cause that's really going to help out the Packer offense because going into week two, I think people are going to see, think, all right, the Packers defense is going to have to have another big game to make sure week one wasn't just a total fluke, you know? And then people are really going to see, is this offense going to gel? So I think they're really going to watch how Atlanta's offense is going to attack this Viking defense. But fair enough. Tyler, your your thoughts on other thoughts on this game? Yeah, you know, as, as I mentioned, I just think it's overall important just for everything that we just talked about. And yeah, I'm not sure how many scouting looks you're going to get in week one. Uh, and I think that a lot of these teams are just going to be kind of trying to get out of the gates and steal a couple wins, uh, much like Green Bay did. Uh, we'll say on Thursday because you know. These guys, a lot of the starters didn't play a uh, significant time in the preseason, and they're going to be just as rusty coming out, and it's going to be a lot of kind of bad football around the league. So I'm just looking for some of those maybe obvious and glaring holes and weaknesses for Atlanta and Minnesota. Um, thankfully, I don't think the Packers play Atlanta this year, so uh, we don't have to see them. We wouldn't have to see them until the playoffs. <laughs> but um, I- I'm I'm just – I'm just looking for Minnesota, like you said, the offensive line. Um, I want to see if the defense kind of holds up to what they've done in the past. Uh, Anthony Barr is back. They, they did retain a lot of their big pieces. Uh, I don't know how they're going to continue to do so, but, you know, for, for now that defense is there and Kirk Cousins is still there. Stefan Diggs is still there. Adam Thielen is still there. Dalvin Cook is back and healthy, supposedly. Uh, that offensive line is the biggest question mark on that team, but we've seen how quickly a bad offensive line can derail an entire team. So uh, I, I want to see um, how just how bad that offensive line is going to be for Minnesota and if they do anything to try and negate it with their play calls. Absolutely. And plus, yeah, I think Mike Zimmer may be coaching for his job as well. If Minnesota can't get over that, that proverbial hump to get back a deep, a deep playoff run or a Super Bowl run, he might be on his way out and maybe we'll see a certain, uh, coach McCarthy going over to Minnesota. But yeah. that, that, that's just one of the, of the new, 
we consider them the noon games here in central Wisconsin. So, I mean, whether it's 1 o'clock Eastern or wherever you want to call it, but it's the early games. That's just one of them. And the other games include the Rams in Carolina, the Titans and Cleveland, Kansas City and Jacksonville, Baltimore at Miami, the Jets and Bills, and Washington and Philadelphia. Philadelphia, of course, another upcoming opponent for Green Bay. I think it's week four they play. So, Chris, I'll go to you. Of those early games, which one kind of sticks out to you? Um, of the earlier games, I really want to see uh... – I personally, I know it doesn't probably won't affect the Packers as much, but the Rams Panthers, I want to see how the Rams can uh, really bounce back from that Super Bowl and see if they can really mix things up. Because I know the Panthers have had a really good, consistent defense. So seeing how Sean McVay rebounds from the Super Bowl, I think would be pretty interesting to see. Another one is the Eagles Redskins. I really uh, am interested in seeing how uh, Doug Peterson uh, gets his team prepared. And seeing, of course, Carson Wentz, if he comes back and really uh, plays like the MVP he was a couple of years ago. Yeah, Tyler, going to you now with Philadelphia, Carson Wentz doesn't have the Nick Foles safety net anymore. And so he, he it's really, and now he's got his contract. It's going to really be on him to be the guy now for Philly for sure without any sort of, sort of protection after him. So it's, and luckily for them, Washington is a really struggling team. They're one of the most dysfunctional franchises in the league right now. So, so what what are you going to look for from Doug Peterson's group to that's that to try and get them on the right track? Well, I want to see how this defense kind of takes uh, takes shape for Philadelphia. Um, they were turning a lot of pieces, but they also lost a couple pieces, and so I want to see I want to see how this defense really comes out and if they are going to be. Uh, I wouldn't say dominant, but you know, a good defense again this year. I think last year they were pretty, uh, pretty middle of the road. Uh, if I remember correctly, their passing defense was pretty shoddy, but they have some really talented corners. So I'm not quite sure that that's going to stick again this year. Um, I want to see if that, like, a, that is going to stick. I want to see if the passing, passing defense is going to be as bad as it was last year, because if it is, it's going to create a lot of problems for Philadelphia. Uh, I, I do think Carson Wentz has a good year this year. I've actually nabbed him as my dark horse MVP candidate. Maybe not a dark horse, but MVP candidate for the year. I, I do think he has a really good year. With the addition of Deshaun Jackson, the emergence of Dallas Goddard now going into his second year, I, I just think that they're going to have a good good year offensively, and it'll be good enough to carry the team. Um, I think that it's going to be a really fun game when the two teams get together again on Thursday night football. So I'm so glad the Packers are getting their Thursday night footballs out of the way. Uh, but it'll be a Thursday night football game on the 26th, I believe. And I, I just want to see how good that defense actually is because that might be the Packers' first chance uh, to really get their offense going. No, I agree. That's going to be a very good test, and I'm interested to see how Philly – gets going again after some some rough performances last year. Injuries, like you said, had a big play in with like Jason Peters missing a lot of time, Carson Wentz missing a lot of time. But that defensive front is absolutely no joke either. Uh, another couple games that are intriguing me are actually in the AFC. Uh, how Cleveland will handle actually being a Super Bowl contender for the first time in half a century and how, how they're going to handle uh, a tough uh, a, a, a tougher-than-you'd-think Tennessee team and whether they can balance the expectations with with the guys they brought in and all the new new pieces, the new coaching staff, and how that goes. Plus, you have down in Florida, 
the rating MVP and Patrick Mahomes going to take it on a very tough Jacksonville defense, having to face Boy, Boy, uh, Boye and Ramsey and Clayus Campbell and Miles Jack and now Josh Allen making his debut. So there's a couple tough AFC games early as well, and and of course Kansas City will be coming or Green Bay will be going to Kansas City later on this year as well to do that battle. So it'll be interesting to see how Mahomes follows up his MVP run with with another performance against a very stingy defense. So there's there's no shortage of intriguing storylines in the early games on Sunday. But well, let's move on to the 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 five late games. We have the Colts and Chargers, the Seahawks and Bengals, the Cardinals and Lions, Giants, Cowboys, and Buccaneers, 49ers. So, Chris, I'll go back to you. Of those five games, which one are you going to be paying attention to the most? Um, me, personally, the Colts game is going to be interesting because seeing how, of course, with Andrew Luck being gone, how they're going to rebound against a good Chargers team. Seahawks as well because, I don't know, the Seahawks, I know people think their dynasty and their era of this decade is gone, but I really want to see them bounce back and against the Bengals continue that rivalry with the Packers. I think that would be interesting. But overall, I don't know, I think they're all pretty even. What, what do you think? Does any, does any one of those really stick out to you? I'm interested to see the Chargers and Colts just because, like you said, yeah, the Andrew Luck, Jacoby, Brissett, uh, succession. Uh, Melvin Gordon not there for the Chargers. Uh, so it's interesting to see both teams kind of missing some big pieces as well. Yeah. Also, you have, uh, Jadavian Clowney's debut with Seattle to, to help boost that pass rush back up. And then the national game of the week is Giants Dallas. Uh, Giants trying to bounce back. Obviously, Eli Manning will start, but if he struggles early on, do we see Daniel Jones? Do That's we see- what I was, that was the question I was going to ask. How long do you think it's going to take? And a lot of people think that the Giants are not going to pull the trigger right away. Like even if Eli struggles a couple games, if whether they're just going to stick with them. What they do you are think? Stub- they are stubborn that way. Yeah. So, so Tyler, what are your thoughts on the, some of these late games? Yeah, you know the Colts Chargers game. Um, I think that that would have been a really good game. Uh, Andrew Luck retired. Derwin James gets hurt. Uh, I think Russell Okung gets hurt for the Chargers on the offensive line. They're, the Chargers are already, as always, ravaged by injuries. Um, and so they're kind of not what I think we thought they were going to be coming into the year. Uh, heading into week one, at least. Maybe they can pick it up and do Chargers things. But um, that game could be, it's going to be a little bit more disappointing than I think it could have been. Uh, Bengals Seahawks, I'm looking at Jadavian Clowney. I'm also looking at the Bengals because I think that that Zach Taylor offense, another, another disciple of the Sean McVay, Shanahan coaching tree, um, in, in Cincinnati, uh, supposedly his offense is supposed to model the Rams. So I'm looking to see how, how just, how exciting that Bengals offense is going to be. And then, uh, Giants Cowboys, uh, the Cowboys defense, um, I want to see, if they are going to be just as good as last year, because they were really good last year. Um, I, I do think that they take a maybe a Bears defense level leap forward this year. Uh, that's kind of a – I think they're the team to beat in the East, uh, personally, right now, even over Philadelphia. And then 49ers, Buccaneers, uh, I want to see Jimmy G. You know, we've heard, oh, hey, don't worry about the preseason, don't worry about the practices, Jimmy G is fine. We'll see. I want to see him in some live live game action. Uh, Bruce Arians in Tampa as well. So exciting, some exciting stuff going on there. And then out here in the desert, uh, you've got the Cardinals taking on the Lions. So 
um, get that Cliff Kingsbury, Kyler Murray offense off the ground and kind of start answering some of those questions. And then uh, I want to see just how good this Lions defensive front is because uh, they've they've certainly added to it. And I want to see if it's really going to hold true to what we're perceiving it to be. Uh, I still think that they're going to be the bottom of the barrel in the NFC North, unfortunately. I just don't think that they can compete offensively and, uh, and defensively with the other three teams in the, in the division. And it's just kind of sad how, how much of a hole they've put themselves in in that regard. So um, I'm just excited to see a lot of these different things, a lot of questions that I'm hoping to be hoping to have answered. No, I agree. And, and you made a good point with the San Francisco-Tampa Bay game with Jimmy G and then Bruce Arians. It's the battle of, of uh, bounce-back quarterbacks. For Garoppolo, it's an injury, but for Jameis Winston trying to show that he was worth the number one pick a few years ago because he has had flashes of being a Donovan McNabb-type player, but a lot of times he has been inconsistent and just really off. And this is really his last chance to to show Tampa Bay that he could be a starting quarterback for them before they move on and maybe go draft another one next year. But just kind of an interesting note, is it just me or do, I remember watching Zach Taylor when he was a, a college football quarterback. And it's kind of weird now that he's a NFL head coach. Yeah. <laughs> I remember that as well. It, it's kind of crazy to watch that, that ascension. But, I mean, Kellen Moore has done it too. He's now the OC in uh, Dallas. You know, that's another guy we kind of watched up, or, uh, watched while growing up. Uh, I believe he played at Boise State. Um, yeah, and uh, Cliff Kingsbury too at Texas Tech. Yeah, so, you know, we're starting to get to that point, I think, in our lives and careers where we're going to start seeing that. It is pretty crazy, but it's also part of that, you know, that youth movement. And so, um, I'm just excited because there's a lot of, there's a lot of football to watch this weekend, honestly. Absolutely. So moving on to the, the Sunday night game, we have what's probably going to be undoubtedly the game of Sunday, Patriots Steelers. That, that game has got a lot of hype. It's got a lot of excitement. Uh, Pittsburgh's kind of laughing right now. Everything is going on on the other side of the country, but that's that's games always going to be. It's always going to be hyped up with that rivalry that's being built over there over the past twenty years that there has been the two teams that have been the class of the AFC basically since the turn of the uh, turn of the millennium. And no Gronk, no Antonio Brown, no Le'Veon Bell. It's some a lot of new faces for these two teams, but. There's both two still very well coached teams. They're two teams with a lot of history, and that's going to be a game that's going to be a lot of fun to watch. Well, but what do you think, Chris, of, of Pittsburgh and New England? Well, those games are always fun to watch. Um, it, but Mike Tomlin's defense might have a step on the Patriots' offense, something that hasn't really been said in a long time, because you know you have Brady didn't get much practice time with his top receivers with Edelman, Gordon, and Demarius Thomas, and then you add in that Gronk is out. So I think this is going to be a really, really high-flying game. Um, but I really think that uh, the, the Steelers might actually pull this one out. It's been a while. And, and so, Tyler, for you, when you look at Pittsburgh, they have uh, no Bell, no Brown. Do you think Connor and Smith-Schuster can handle being the top guys on that offense now? I do. I also, you know... We don't know, and that's why you're asking me, obviously. But the both the both of them have never really had that bulk of the work thrown on them, like Bell and Brown used to handle there. Um, I do think that Ben Roethlisberger is going to kind of help, uh, say, manage the workload for Juju Smith-Schuster. 
They do have a couple other young receivers that they like, Deontay Johnson, James Washington. Um, Dante Moncrief is there now, too. So they don't have to force-feed Juju Smith-Schuster. It's certainly pointing in that direction. Uh, James Conner as well, because when you start looking at the rest of the offense, who are they going to throw to? Vance McDonald. Uh, who are they going to run it with? Jalen Samuels? No. So it, it's certainly pointing in that direction. Um, but it's just going to be a matter of whether or not they can handle it. Uh, it's going to be, I think, a question that we're going to be kind of checking in on all year. No, I agree. I, I, I like your point about uh, Ben Roethlisberger. I think he, he's a guy who's been around as long as he has is going to really help them with with his pocket presence and with his with his ability to extend some plays. And you're right, it's, it's going to be an interesting game with, for the defenses, and it's going to be something to watch. But that, that moves us on to Monday night, uh, the double, the opening weekend doubleheader. The first game will be the Texans and Saints, as we'll see how those teams do. And then the late game, the debut of Vic Fangio, head coach as Denver takes on whatever's going on in Oakland. <laughs> so those two games are interesting in their own separate ways. And, and Tyler, I'll go to you first. What are you looking for Monday night from everything that is happening? Yeah, so I think let's just, you know, let, let's just nip this in the bud. Antonio Brown's probably not going to play for the Raiders against the Broncos uh, at this point. After the entire offseason, after the entire uh we'll call it storybook franchise right now that is the Raiders like what's going on over there is pretty crazy um I I just don't know if he's going to play Monday and I don't think he's ever going to play for the Raiders um so that's going to be fun to watch over the next 24 hours I think as we're sitting here right now um the Raiders have taken away his guarantees and uh, Antonio Brown has demanded his release on his social media page. And this is, for me, uh, or for us, it is 10.30 Eastern in the morning on Saturday. So there certainly could be a lot to change. Uh, you know, they've been kind of flip, flipping back and forth on this. You know, they they fined him. They suspended him. They said, hey, apologize. He apologized. He came back. Then they find him again, and then they took away his money, and now he's crying again. I don't know. So there's there's a video out there that you can go watch where it's actually a little bit concerning. It's a very well done video, and we Mike and I were talking about this before we got on. It's a very well done video. Whoever did it, props to you because I actually enjoyed it, even though the deeper lying message was actually rather concerning. Um, it just there's just so much going on there, and I'm so glad that Green Bay never ever truly had interest, it seems, in acquiring Antonio Brown um, for any cost. At this point, it seems like even a seventh-round pick would be too much because he just he just, he just just brings the team down. Um, yeah, yeah, Brown's actions make me long for the days of T.O. doing sit-ups in a driveway. <laughs> <laughs> I would take Randy Moss, Randy Moss uh, at any point, to the Terrell Owens at any point over what Antonio Brown's doing right now. And I think that speaks a lot because sometimes those guys were real pains in the asses. So I'm also looking at the Texans Saints. Um, obviously, you want to see the new Texans uh, with Laramie Tunzel at left tackle, uh, DeAndre Hopkins, Will Fuller, Kiki QT, and Kenny Stills at wide receiver, um, and Duke Johnson at running back. So I want to see how electric that offense is going to be. Uh, I feel like that game is going to be a shootout uh, with the Saints just because there's two high-flying offenses. 
Saints defense is better than the Texans, though. Texans have lost a lot of key pieces on that side of the ball, so I feel like that's the Saints game to lose at this point. However, it's week one, so because I said it's a shootout, it's probably going to be a defensive battle. So let's... um, I just want to keep an eye on, though, because the Saints also are one of the key competitors that the Packers will be facing uh, throughout the year. And uh, that offense and that defense could carry this team to a Super Bowl again. They're still they're still of that caliber. So um, Monday is going to be a good night to watch football. Definitely. And so, and so, Chris, over to you. You have We have the Saints-Texans. And then the Denver Broncos, they'll be taking on Chicago next week, Green Bay the week after with Vic Fangio, and, and it's the Joe Flacco era. Uh, so what what are you looking for 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 Flacco as he as he has his debut for a team that's not the Ravens? Right, I know it's kind of crazy to think that uh, Flacco is going to be in a Bronco uniform instead of uh, the Ravens, but do you, I really don't think it's going to be as much. I think he's just going to be the same old Joe Flacco he's always been. So I don't uh, I can see them beating the Raiders, seeing the dysfunction that's going on with the Raiders organization and that not having Antonio Brown. So I can see the Broncos pulling away and beating the Raiders. The Saints-Texans game is going to, I think, definitely going to be a shootout. I see this the Saints team arguably being the best in the NFC. I see them right where the 2009 to 2011 Saints teams were, around 13 wins. I can really see uh, Drew Brees putting up another MVP-type performance and both teams scoring over 30 points. But, yeah, the Broncos and the Raiders – I think it's going to be just an interesting game. I know, of course, Antonio Brown controversy is going to be surrounding the entire opening of the game, but hopefully uh, Flacco's performance puts it puts it away. But I don't really see him really coming out and proving this is why Denver came and got me. But what do you guys think? Yeah, I think I think Flacco's just going to be a, a he'll be a, he'll be the veteran quarterback heck, because yeah. He's there to hold the seat warm for Drew Locke for a year or so. So I think having Philip Lindsay there, having Emmanuel Sanders and some of the other weapons they have over there, I think will help him a lot. And like you said, having to deal with the just chaos that is John Gruden right now, I think will Denver and Vic Fangio's defense, I think is going to go a long way to helping them out because we thought Fangio was good in San Francisco and Chicago. Now he's got to play, he's got Von Miller to play with. So that's going to be make things even a little more terrifying for for the for opposing offenses with what he can do with those guys. But just for me I'm just kinda for me I'm starting to kinda look ahead for what the Packers got in the next couple weeks and watching those teams this week, especially luckily when I was able to see where the broadcast maps were, I'm gonna be able to see Dallas and Minnesota play uh, locally here in mid Wisconsin. So it'll be good to see them and seeing what Minnesota can do, seeing what Philadelphia can do, seeing what Dallas has got there, there's a lot of intriguing storylines for this week one, and, and oddly enough, a lot of division games, which still kind of makes no sense to me to have in week one, but we are it's where we're at and what's what the NFL is doing. But I guess as we start to wrap things up here, from a Packers perspective, well, what are you guys going to be paying attention to the most over the course of the, the Sunday and Monday? And Tyler, I'll go to you first. I... I'm not going to put a stock in a lot that's going to happen this weekend. You know, like I said, um, I'm just kind of looking for some of those obvious efficiencies. And what I mean by that is let's let's take a look back at the Bears game. Um, uh, we'll, we'll go to the Bears side. When we look at Allen Robinson, I think it was 
pretty clear that he is now fully recovered from his ACL injury that he sustained two years ago. And I think that he's a guy that you're going to have to worry about on that Bears offense. Um, you know, but then there's other things on that Bears offense, like how are they going to use their running backs? It seems that they wanted to use all three of them in different roles and capacities. And so it, it's there's still a lot of questions that have to be answered, but the, the key is kind of picking out some of those things that you can kind of hang your hat on. Um <laughs> I don't, I don't know if I want to call it already, but I think, you know, we've seen it already a ton of times. Trubisky maybe isn't it. And that's going to be a fun story to watch this year as we kind of continue. But I mean, again, it's, it's week one. So like everything comes with a huge asterisk and caveat. And so I'm just kind of looking for some of those things, those obvious things. Um, from the Vikings game, how healthy is Dalvin, uh, Dalvin Cook? Uh, that a Falcons offense without Julio Jones, that's something to look at if he doesn't play uh, on Sunday. Uh, well, how can they can they sustain a, a prolonged absence from Julio Jones? Uh, the Panthers, how healthy is Cam Newton and his shoulder? The Rams, how can they bounce back from a disappointing Super Bowl loss? You know, all these different, all these little things, um, none of them are really going to be super indicative of the future, but we can kind of look and say, okay, yeah, the Rams did bounce back. They they should be all right this year. Um, Cam Newton, man, he he might have to uh, get some more work in. So that's kind of what I'm looking for is just some of those definitive stories that we can kind of hang our hat on moving forward. And, and Chris, I'll ask you the same question. What are you looking? What what are you really keeping keeping an eye on this week for for from a Packers perspective as what they can start to scout a little bit into what they can try and learn about the, some of their future opponents this weekend. Yeah, you know, he hit the nail on the head. You know, week one really is about unknowns. Like, you really don't know. You don't know, is the team rusty from, from you know, not doing much in preseason, What's what it's going on. But I'm going to be focusing mostly just on the Vikings and the Lions, the two division opponents, because I don't care if your division, some people say you have a weak division. Division games are always tough because, you know, they know you, you know them. So I'm going to look a lot at uh, what Viking team is going to be coming out against the Falcons. And then uh, the Lions versus Arizona. I mean, I see the, the Detroit Lions really starting this season a lot better than last year with their disaster against the Jets. Because, I mean, the Cardinals have arguably the worst defense in the league. And then add in Patrick Peterson being suspended. I can see the the Lions really kicking things off by beating the Cardinals and really starting the season off pretty nicely. So I'm going to be following the Lions and the Vikings. Enough. Yeah, I'm going to be watching a lot of Minnesota and Atlanta, and then I'm going to be keeping an eye on a little bit of the the Cowboys. And just kind of want to see now that they got Zeke Elliott back, they they have to think about the Prescott and Cooper deals, but they're signing guys. They got Lyle Collins under contract, and they they need to take that next step. And Jason Garrett's kind of counting on that for his future as well. So it's going to be. It's going to be a competitive NFC, and it's and and as NFC has always been have them has the most parity of the two conferences, and has been for years and years. And it's going to be interesting to see who emerges early on as a team that's going to get out of the gate quick enough. Obviously, that was not Chicago. They just they looked all out of sorts with their play calling and everything that went wrong there. Uh, the Packers defense looks champion caliber right now. Minnesota is going to be trying to have a big year. Atlanta, LA. The Cowboys, the Eagles, there's so many teams that are going to try and make that first statement on Sunday. It's going to be fascinating to see how we see. And yes, there's not going to be a lot of scouted looks to keep an eye on or a lot of tape to watch for it, but 
whoever can get out to that 1-0 start is always going to have a leg up on the teams that are 0-1. And there's there's no other way around that. So it's going to be fascinating to see how these teams uh, get going and, and how the Packers are going to try and look at these games moving from, from week one to week two. Now that they have this 10-day break before they play Minnesota next week. And so as we we wrap things up, Chris, I'm going to go to you first. Where can people find you and what are you working on? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Chris Schimmel. And right now I'm starting to get back into my website, uh, SchimmelSports.com, writing more articles about the Packers. Okay, and Tyler, the same question to you. Yeah, um, man, I usually don't have much to say here, but I've I got a couple things. Uh, you know, I'm writing about uh, fantasy football over at Dynasty Nerds. Um, uh, one one thing I started doing this past week, uh, this year, it's a new thing I'm doing this year. Uh, I thought it was kind of fun. Um, if you want to listen to me talk about Packer, the Packers more, and specifically the Packers-Vikings matchup, uh, I, I've started what I call the Madden mashup, weekly Madden mashup, where I, I find a, um, we'll call them podcaster or writer from the opposing team for that week, and then we jump on Madden, we play a game, and we talk about the matchup that's coming up. So uh, this week I am going to be doing that as well. It'll be on the Pack to the Future uh, YouTube channel, PTTFTV, uh, and I'll be playing my Vikings opponent on Wednesday at 9 p.m. Eastern. So tune in for that. The first one was a lot of fun. I won the the game, um, the Madden game, and then the Packers won on Thursday. So I think that that's, I think we can just, you know, chalk it up as a, it's going to happen. So um, I'm looking forward to it, though. It's been a lot of fun. Hopefully you can tune in. Uh, so, so no pressure on that one, Tyler. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So if, if if you lose and the Packers lose, I know who I'm, we're going after. Yeah, I'll, I'll just stop doing the series at that point. Fair enough. All right. And you guys can find me on Twitter at Mike Wetland, all one word. Um, I'm still writing for Dairyland Express. I'm doing a lot more stuff with Packers history at this point, so I'm doing a lot of more research and breaking stuff down and doing all-time draft teams, things like that. And just to balance out the overwhelming coverage that is the week-to-week Packers beat, there's so many stories over that, so I'm trying to focus on the whole overarching history that is the greatest dynasty in professional sports. So look out for that, and also keep an eye on us for the Packaday podcast every day, no matter what. Uh, we'll be back with you guys in a couple weeks, as we will preview the Packers-Broncos in two weeks from now. We'll be doing the preview for that game. That'll be going up on that Sunday morning as we get ready for Vic Fangio's uh, return to the NFC North. So for Chris Schimmel and for Tyler Grizzagork, this is Mike Weiland saying so long for now. Again, don't forget to follow Packaday Podcast on Twitter. Follow us on wherever your podcast app of choice is. Give us a comment, a subscription, and let us know how we're doing and let us know what you'd like for us to hear some more as well. So for now, and as always, go Pack Go!
Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.